This is Love Foundation Christian Center Podcast, a place to find God's love. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message inspires and encourages you. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of God. I don't know if you are glad to be in church this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, instrumentalists. You may take your seats, get your Bible. And let's study the word of God together. Amen. Amen. Bible says faith comes by what? Amen. By hearing and hearing by the word of God. What about fear? How does fear come? Fear. And hearing what? By the, by the word of CNN and, T- and uh, MSNBC and uh, Fox. Whatever the news channel is that refuses to say the gospel, uh, fear comes. So don't spend most of your time watching news. Negative news cells in the world. Yes. Right? Yes. But good news cells in the church. Praise God. Hallelujah. And that's why the Bible calls the gospel good news. Good news. Right. We intend to have a, a, a channel soon. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah, we're going to have our own channel. And we're going to have a news channel. And we only tell good news. Good news. Good news. Praise God. We won't focus on the ones who died. We'll focus on the ones who get healed. Yes. Right? Hallelujah. We'll focus on the ones who get prosperous. Amen. Those are the kind of news we should hear more of. Because if you keep hearing negative news, it develops fear. And fear attracts what people are afraid of. So don't, don't spend your time monitoring the, the pestilence that is out there. Praise God. You have more important time to do, to do some more important things to do with your time. It doesn't mean be ignorant, amen. Uh, but don't don't become uh, like some people. They are storm watchers. Have you have you heard of such people? They travel from state to state just to watch the storm. Now, if that's their scientific job, maybe I mean some people need to know how the storms operate. But if you are doing it for fun, there are better things to do for fun than pursuing disaster. Because unfortunately, what you keep pursuing, you eventually catch up. Or it will catch up with you. How can you spend your life pursuing a storm? When you should be overcoming them, praise God. So don't spend your whole time uh, monitoring what's happening out there. That's negative. If you want to monitor anything, monitor positive things. Monitor the miracles that are happening in the world. People who are preaching the gospel and healings are taking place. Yes. There are great testimonies online. Great testimonies. People who got delivered, who got saved. People who were, who were once Muslims and now they are believers. Yes. Preaching the gospel to Muslim nations. Yes. Monitor such people. Yes. Amen. Yes. Not the very few that the enemy wants to put on the forefront of the news. But this morning, we're going to continue our study on becoming sons. Somebody say hallelujah. Father, we thank you again for revelation knowledge in Jesus' name. St. John chapter number one, we started from there before. And uh, we talked about the fact that we are born again sons of God. To be a son of God is not just to be a human being. Not every human being is a child of God. Jesus said to some people, you are of your father, the devil. Because the lust of your father, you do. 
So some people think every human being is a child of God. No. Every human being was created by God. But you have to be born of God to be a child of God. And there are, there are, there are things that indicate that people are sons of God. And we're looking at some of them this morning. Amen. St. John chapter number 1. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So what was in the beginning? The Word. Please speak with me this morning. What was in the beginning? The Word. The Word. This is an interactive church, so we speak, you respond. Amen. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. So the Word of God began all things. Everything starts from the word of God. God himself starts from his word. Before he does something, he says it first. Everything he creates, he creates by words. And if we are created to be like God, how do we create things? By words. So the words that you speak are creative. That's why you have to be wise on your selections of words. Don't just confess what you see. Say what you want to see. Because your words are creative. If you don't like what you are seeing, change what you are saying. Because what you are saying keeps creating what you see. Right? So, in the beginning was the word. If you want to become rich, kingdom wealth rich, you start from where? The word of God. The word of God. Spend time studying how to become rich scripturally. Don't just be... Don't be scripturally poor and you want to be financially rich. Some people don't have more than two or three verses of scripture concerning wealth transfer or wealth for the believer. And they struggle a lot with human abilities. Spend time, study the word, sow the word of God in your heart. Amen. Amen. Verse 3, all things were made by him. How many things? things. Who made gold? God, by his word. Who made silver? God, by his word. Amen. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him, which is the word, which is God, was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and darkness comprehended it or overcome it not. So there is more power in light than in darkness. You don't try to drive out darkness. What do you do? Just put on light. Just shine. Darkness would have to leave. Because the power of light is greater than darkness. These are very, very fundamental and important principles. The Bible says that we should not be overcome with good, with evil, but we should overcome evil with good. Praise God. Yes, so we should be overcome with good. Praise God. But don't be overcome with evil. So if somebody curses you, what do you do? So your blessing will overcome the curse. Now, if somebody curses you and you curse the person back, what happens? You have multiplied the curse. Now, two curses are looking for where to land. But if somebody curses you and you bless them, your blessing can annul the curse, can override it, overcome it. That's why the Bible says... If somebody curses you, what should you do? You bless them. You bless them. Amen. If somebody is sad, what do you do? You rejoice and encourage them. 
And don't be overcome with sadness, but overcome sadness with joy. With joy. With joy. Amen. Don't be overcome by poverty. But overcome poverty with what? With wealth, with prosperity, with abundance. So the Bible says that this light shines in darkness. So it tells us that there will be darkness upon the earth. There will be plagues and all kinds of sickness, all kinds of things. But we who are light, who have the life of God in us, we are supposed to overcome darkness with light. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right, let's go to verse 9. That was the true light which lighted every man that cometh into the world. Verse 10. He was in the world and the world was made by him. Again, this is connection to the very first few verses which we read. Talking about the word which is God. Which, which is life and light. 10. He was in the world and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. I repeat. Go back again. He was in the world and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. So he came into his, the world. The world did not recognize him. Next verse 11. He came into his own. And his own received him not. Let's stop there. Because you know we hear this scripture so often. And oftentimes we just run through. We know it. But sometimes you need to pause and just meditate on what he's saying. There are two things he's saying here. First of all, they did not know him. He came into the one he created. They did not know him. Amen. And then he also came. um, Let's go back to verse 10. He was in the world. That means he was in the world, arrived in the world. And the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. So one thing, they didn't know him. Then two, he came into his own. And this is even more than just the world. He came into the Jewish nation. The people who were supposed to have been selected by him. And his own received him not. So there's one thing to know him. There is another thing to receive him. Let's continue. Verse 12. But as many as what received him, to them gave he power To become the sons of God. To them that believe on his name. Next verse. Which were born not of blood. Not of the will of the flesh. Nor of the will of man. But of God. Go back again to verse 12. But as many as received him. Say as many as received him. him. Turn to somebody. Ask the person. Have you received the Lord? (laughs) <laughs> he said, as many as received him, gave he power to become the sons of God. So we see here that God sent Jesus, so Jesus being a representative of God, comes into his own, into the world. But not everybody knew him and not everybody received him. But those who received him, he gave power, authority, ability, right to become sons of God. So one of the things we have established in the past, in the past week, is that you, you can be born again, you are made a child of God, but for you to be manifested as the son of God, it requires you changing and beginning to operate in a particular level that indicates that you are sons of God. 
Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 John. We're going to read a couple of scriptures. 1 John, chapter number 3, from verse 1. I'm going to try to be a little faster because I'd rather not us close late today. Amen. We can stay on good time, but every time God keeps us, is good time. The Bible says from verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not. Do we see that word know again? They didn't know Jesus, and they don't know us. Why? Because he is the son, and we are what? Sons of God. So the world cannot understand us. Listen, if everybody understands you, then you need to check yourself properly. You ought to be different from the world. In short, you ought to be strange. Jesus was very strange. They asked, they wonder, what manner of man is this? People should be asking that question about you. What, what manner of person is this? He's not afraid of anything. Always rejoicing. Even, even, even when things look like they are hard. <laughs> they said about Kenny Hagee one time, the guy is too dumb to be sad. He doesn't know what's going on around. He, don't, he, can't, he can't see he's being fired. He's too dumb. He can't, doesn't understand. I've seen people who maybe had loved ones pass on and they are still smiling. The people are like, it has not hit them yet. Or they are in denial. And they wait, and then they wait, and then they wait. And they say, what manner of people are these? <laughs> Somebody hit my chest one. They say, do you have a heart inside? <laughs> it doesn't look like you feel like other men. <laughs> now, I'm saying this because so many Christians assume that we are just ordinary human beings. But the Bible says we are not. The Bible says that the world did not know Christ and the world doesn't know us. They can't understand who we are. And that's why we can't try to fit in in short, the Bible says, come out and be separate. We are supposed to be different from the world. Amen. Amen. Let's continue. Let's go back again, verse 1. He said, what manner of, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. When are we the sons of God? Now. What does now mean? Now. Today, right now. Not when we go to heaven. Right? Not in the sweet by and by. Not one of these days. When are we the sons of God? Now. Now, now are we the sons of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doeth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, or when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that had this hope in him purified himself even as he is pure. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now one of the things I've been endeavoring to teach in this series, maybe just today and last week and this week, I don't know if I'll continue except the Holy Ghost asks me to, is that the Bible is saying that you can be the son of God and yet become manifested as the sons of God. You can be born of God and then be declared or manifested or revealed as the Son of God. So there's a difference between just being born of God and being manifested as the Son of God. Because what we see today, and that's what the Bible is saying here, that 
Many people have not seen what we are supposed to be. Most of the things that people declare are still in theory. And the theory is real, it's true, it's right. We're born of God. But God does not just want us to be sons of God in theory. God wants us to be sons of God in manifestation. And that's what I'm talking about, becoming sons. So I'm not talking about becoming born again, which is a part, the first thing you need to be. But it's being translated into the glory of the sons of God. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, verse 2 again, Beloved, now we the son of God, it doeth not yet appear, or it's not manifested what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, which means when Jesus is revealed, we shall, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So one of the things we know that is going to change us to become manifested as sons is by what? By seeing Jesus. So as we have a revelation of Jesus Christ, we are being changed into the same image from glory to glory. We saw that in 2 Corinthians 3.18. Put it up. So the Bible says, as we behold as in the mirror the glory of God, we are being changed. So it's not talking about going to heaven. Many people are going to heaven. They are waiting to go to heaven before they prosper. If you go to heaven, you don't need to use faith to prosper. There's gold on the floor. People are waiting to go to heaven before they overcome death. You don't need to go to heaven before you overcome death. Nobody dies then. There is no death there. The manifestation of sonship that is needed is now. Sons of God need to be manifested now. The Bible didn't say, the, okay, look at this. For we, but we all with open face, beholding us in the mirror, the glory of the Lord are being changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. Somebody say hallelujah. So we know how we are going to be changed. How? By looking unto Jesus and being changed. Now let me ask this question. If you keep your focus on Paul, the apostle, how, how are you going to end up becoming like? But Paul is good, right? But how many of you like to be like Paul? When Paul had a shipwreck, he hung on a plank of wood and, uh, and uh, the, the waves carried everybody to the ship. When Jesus had a ship, a hurricane, he spoke to the wind and walked on water. Somebody said, hallelujah. I said, which one would you like to be, like Paul or like Jesus? You know, many people think it's good enough to be like Paul. The Bible doesn't say that we should be like Paul. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He wants to be like Jesus. And until there is a full manifestation of Christ in us, we have not reached where God wants us to reach yet. And so we are supposed to be changing. Somebody say hallelujah. This verse says we are changing from one degree of glory to another. It's not talking about oscillating. We don't change to one glory and go back and they come back. No, you are going from glory to glory to glory. You are becoming more like Jesus every day. Every day. In every area. How many times was Jesus sick? 
I say, how many times was Jesus saved? When was one time he was caught up in the emergency world? And he had to call very quickly for, for Luke, the physician. So if you keep looking at Jesus' divine health, where are you going to end up with? Divine health. No sickness, no disease. No disease, not one. Not one. Not even a pimple. Someone say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Can we become like him? How do we become like him? By keep looking at him. Stop looking at the world. Stop, stop looking at testimonies that are less than what God says we should be. Take your eyes and focus it on Jesus. He's the author and the finisher. And he's the one in between. From faith to faith. Anyone we are looking at is only because they are pointing us to Jesus Christ. But Jesus is our standard. He is the manifest son of God. Anything short of the standard of Jesus is not good enough. How did Jesus go to heaven? I said, how did Jesus go to heaven? How should sons of God go to heaven? Anything short of the standard of Jesus is not sufficient for a son of God. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 8, it said the earnest expectation of the creation waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Put it off. Romans 8, 19. The earnest expectation of the creature. They are not waiting for sons of God to be born. They are waiting for what? Sons of God to be manifest, revealing the glory of sons. They don't, they don't care if they say, I'm a born again Christian. I'm a believer. I go to church. I'm, I'm a love foundation Christian. That does not even affect the world. What the world needs to see are sons of God manifested. How are sons of God manifested? By casting out devils, healing the sick, raising the dead, coming to them, feeding the hungry. These are the manifestations of the sons of God. That's what the world is waiting for. We have heard long enough that you are born of God. We want to see it. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. I'm not hearing it loud enough. Hey, I said now it's time for the world to see sons of God. I'm a son of God. Please, can you borrow me $200? How does that, rel- how does that commute with someone who says, I am a son? And the Bible says, if you are a son, you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. The kind of clothes you wear, what you drive, should match sonship. Hey! hey. Some of you are not laughing. I don't want this service to be long. You better start laughing now. <laughs> when Jesus wanted to ride a donkey, he said 
Go and give me the one they have not turned the rubber from the seats. Exactly. <laughs> brand new. Not, not second hand. He said brand new. Jesus says, why did he say no one that no one had reading on or sat? He's telling us, giving us an idea. No, he says there's anything wrong by buying second hand where you can start from there. But if you want to manifest Sonship. They have to believe God for a new one. Let me come to this side. (laughs) Somebody say hallelujah. I said somebody say hallelujah. The kind of clothes he wore. Bible say it was seamless. It was not cheaply sewn. Generals were fighting for it. They were not looking for it for rags. It was the quality. If you want to manifest sonship, Shamakatata. Ye grey bread sumre nontes. He that hasn't here, let him hear. The pastor preached one time. Would Jesus wear a Rolex? What kind of wristwatch do you think he would wear? Hallelujah! When he was born, they brought him loads of gold. Some people thought they brought a gold trinket. That is not, this were kings. They were not just three. They came with entourage, with an entourage. Visited the, 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 the king on their way. When was the last time your friend was coming to visit you and stopped by the governor's mansion? The kind of people who came to visit him, they stopped at the governor, governor's mansion to ask for directions. <laughs> And the king himself said, when you finish, come and talk to me. Let me go and... That means they were operating in Herod's level. They brought loads. Why do you think Jesus was sustained in Egypt when he went for a couple of years? They had enough money to keep them for years. By the offering that came on that day when he was born. Sonship, born with gold bar. Not gold spoon, gold bar. Some people think Jesus was poor. Jesus was not poor at all. He had a treasurer. And then that one was still, and he did not even notice. He did not address it. He had enough money for to maintain at least 12 staff. We know there were 12. The Bible says 72, some other place too. He was, he, 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 he rode in a private jet, no, a private boat. That's the fastest means of transportation at that time. With cushions. A yacht that could withstand hurricane-sized wind. He wasn't poor. Wealth is a manifestation of sonship. Someone say hallelujah. If the, the, the son of a sheikh, you know what that means, I don't know if I pronounced it right. A sheikh. You know, it sounds it sounds like that. Of some of these wealthy oil made rich countries. If you if you research, some of these places were poor not too long ago. Fifty years ago, there were some of them were poor until they found oil. They were nomads. Now they are sheiks, praise God. Some of them they don't drive 
gold painted cars go find it they drive gold plated real gold they used to make car the one people are trying to put on their ring and think it's expensive the whole car is made up of gold they drive it on the streets Christians have to change our mindset about wealth. We're not trying to get this to show off, but we are sons of God. If we are showing off, we are showing off the kingdom of God. People need to see us and know that we are sons of God. The Bible says, when they came and saw the way Solomon's servants were dressed, not Solomon himself, Solomon was better dressed than his servants, in case you didn't know. The Bible tells us in the New Covenant. The Bible said even all of, the, all of these were not, you know, flowers compared to Solomon, not his servants. But the Bible said when the queen of the south came, listen, the queen of the south was Sheba. Solomon did not go for evangelism. His reputation went out and she came. To come and see. And the Bible says she fell under the power. It says her breath left her. That's falling under the power. So there was a manifestation of salvation and Holy Ghost baptism. By wealth. (laughs) Some people wonder why some people are running away. It's very scriptural. The Bible says a rich man has what? Many friends. He said a poor man is what? Even his family is wrong. He can't get his family to church. A poor man. He can't. A rich man says, I have a limo. Can you ride with me? What do you think his brothers will say? Come on, let's go. Where are you going? He said, we are just going to Love Foundation. He said, oh, that's fine. How long is the service? Three hours. Only three hours. Let's go. (laughs) But if the guy is broke, they'll say, I have three appointments. Well, first of all, the concern is that if it can't change you, why do I need to come there? I'm challenging some of us this morning. Now, this is not only finances. This I'm using that as one. Your health. We talked about that. If you keep looking at Jesus, you should live in divine health. If somebody with coronavirus hugs someone, that is anointed with the Holy Ghost. What happens? Does he catch coronavirus or the other one get healed? Get healed. Get healed. Now, does that, does, not, does that mean you should go around hugging everyone with coronavirus? No, no. You're not necessarily, except you're a saint of God. But at the same time, you shouldn't be afraid of it. The fear of it shows you are not manifesting as a son. As a son. We are anointed. The power of God inside of us is bigger than every sickness and disease. Now, if you still have some ailments, backache, legache, eyeache, earache, you need to increase in the glory of the manifestation of the sons of God. Keep looking at Jesus. I said, keep looking at Jesus. You know, because many even believers in the church, they say we are born again, we are Holy Ghost filled, and yet they are not manifested like sons that like we should. That's one reason why we have not impacted the world like we should. We're trying to get them to see, but we have to be manifested so that they can see us and see the glory. 
They can say, show me how you became this way. How come sickness has no power upon you? How come poverty is far from you? How come you are happy all the time? You are never sad. You are blessed in your going out. You are blessed in your coming in. Show us this God. We want to know this God. That's the way God wants us to be manifested. I was reading Kenneth E. Hagen. He said he had family members who did not believe when he was teaching them about faith. He talked to them about the word and said, no, that's not true. Then one day, one of his aunties says, he asked the other sister, and said, have you noticed what? He said, none of Kennedy Higgins' children are ever sick. He's always happy. His marriage is intact. He's, he's, he's doing very well. Don't you think this thing he's teaching has something to do with it? And she repented <laughs> instead of going to church. It's not every time you use English, if they're not, you use Greek. After that, you use Hebrew. Thank God for those things. Show something. Manifest the glory of God. Soon enough, those who were naysayers, they will become gainsayers. You say, show me how you're doing it. How are you happy all the time? How do you have children without labor? Hallelujah. How come your needs are always met? No stress. You live stressful life. These are manifestations of sons of God. How much was your medical pee last year? Zero. How much was your medical pee two years ago? Zero. How much was your medical pee three years ago? Zero. They, all, they now begin to recognize this. You're living in a different world. You are living in a different world. Manifestation of sons of God. Now, sometimes people think going to church, reading the Bible, confessing the word, praying, dancing like you lost your mind is just, just one of those religious things. When you finish, you go back and struggle through life. That's the way many people think. But that's not the truth. All these things are supposed to change you. You're not supposed to suffer the same things the world suffers. You're not supposed to be oppressed with the same thing the world is oppressed with. You are sons of God. You reign in life with Christ Jesus over all the powers of the enemy. And the Bible says nothing shall by any means hurt you. But you have to change. The Bible says as many as what received. You have to receive this. God can't force it on anyone. You can receive salvation, be born again, but you have to receive sonship. You have to receive health. You have to receive wealth. And it's not just outside. You have to receive it in your heart. You have to believe it. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you a few points concerning sonship. It's daylight saving, right? Praise God. Because I'm looking at the time. It says 11.30. I believe I have two hours more. Praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. So if the media didn't change the department, the time you hold them responsible. Let's go to Psalm 82. If you're a son of God, one, it means you are equal with God. It means you are God's. On the earth. I know some people could, you know, say this in church, but when they go out of church, they don't want people to stone them. 
They did. They did it for Jesus, right? When he began to talk about sonship, the Bible said they picked up stones to stone him because he began to say that he is the Son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 82. Some of you are very familiar with this verse. We've read it a couple of times here. Start from verse 1. It said, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. Verse 2. How long will you just unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Three, he said, defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. He's talking to the sons of God. Deliver the poor and the needy. Read them out of the hand of the wicked. How many of you know that the poor cannot help the poor? The oppressed cannot help the oppressed. If you are in jail, you can't save someone else in jail. You need to be free so that you can help others. So he's telling us to help the poor. But that means that you should be rich. And then use your wealth not only for yourself, but to minister to others. Verse 5, key verse. He said, they know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundation of the earth are out of course. I have said, ye are gods. Who said ye are gods? God. If God says you are gods, what does that mean? He said, I have said, Ye are gods. God is saying, ye are gods. He said, I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. That means if you are a child of the Most High, ye are gods. So how don't people, how come people sing songs, I'm only human, I'm just a man. Oh, you don't, we are all ordinary human beings, you understand? Humans are unlimited. No, no, the Bible didn't say that. It said, ye are gods. Gods means you have ability to rule, to reign, to command things on earth. You know, many times when we say things like this, we read things like this, people go back and say, but I don't look like a god. I'm so ugly, I'm so strong. That's exactly why. Because we read from the beginning, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And by his word, he created all things. So if you are a God, how are you going to create all things that you want? By the words of your mouth. So if you discover that you are a God, one of the first things you are going to have to change is what you are saying. You say, wait, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm. if I say it, it will be. So you will look at darkness and say, let there be light. Because that's the way God talks. God does not say, huh, this darkness is too dark. I'm tired of this darkness. How long is this darkness going to be? I've tried everything. This darkness is not changing. Oh no, this darkness is getting darker. When you keep saying that, what is happening? And you are wondering why it's darker. And you are complaining it's getting darker. And you are saying it's getting darker. And it's getting darker. And you are saying, I don't understand. You, you, let me tell you so that you can understand. What you are saying is what you are getting. So if you be gods, you have to change what you are saying. So that you can create what you want. So if you come home and you're child is acting like a dum-dum, what do you say? You blockhead, come here. If you call him blockhead, what has happened? He will graduate from dum-dum to blockhead. 
And blockhead is worse than dumb dumb. Because he said he's blocked. <laughs> he can't hear anything. So instead, what do you do? Say you wise children. Don't act like that. You are wiser than that. Wise children like you behave. So you use your mouth to correct. If he doesn't get it, you help him by warming his butt a little bit so that he can understand. <laughs> but the main source of change are your words. Even if you spank him and you keep saying negative words, what's going to happen? Negative will become because power is in your word. If your finances seem not to be going anywhere, going around in circles, what do you do? You start by speaking to your finances. Now, it may look like it's dumb. You get your checkbook and say, you are rich. I am rich. Then you practice the rich work. Rich men don't work like this. No, you... you, you. You do that a couple of minutes in your house. Praise the Lord. You are renewing your mind to be rich. I'm tired. I'm tired. All this morning. All this thing. I'm tired. Every time I try, it doesn't work. I'm, I'm just tired. If you think and act like that, you will never be rich. If you don't know how to walk, you go and sit down in a, in a rich place and watch how rich people walk. You, you can tell... The financial worth of a man sometimes just by the way he walks. I'm just walking. Mm. <laughs> you, you, I'm telling you. Listen, I, when I watch movies, there are different things I look at. If somebody is acting as a rich man or as a king, his disposition is different. The same man can act two parts. He acts like a poor man in one part and he acts like a rich on the other. His attitude and disposition is different because they, they are different. And if God has made you rich, you have to begin to think and act and speak differently. You're a different person. Or else you will be born a son and die a pauper. That's what the Bible is saying. He said they are out, the whole world is out of course. They don't know, they don't understand. So they die like men. men. Even though I said ye are sons. They were born sons, made sons, but they died like men, men because they never became what they were born to be. But that's not your story in this church. Amen. We are raising sons in this house. Sons of God. People who understand authority and power. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Who walk as kings. Who talk like as kings. Who have dominion. Not only in the physical realm. I'm not just talking about physical dominion. I'm also talking about spiritual dominion. The neighborhood is being ridden by drug pushers. Cast them out. You don't need an AK-47. Take the spiritual AK and cast them. Mashaka Papa. Barry Crepro. Blow them out in the spirit realm. Take anointing oil. Walk in the streets. And sanctify that place. You have, we have powers. 
Bible said the weapons of our warfare are not made in America. They are not man-made weapons. He said they are mighty through God. They are made in the heavens for the pulling down strongholds. You are more powerful than you think. People think I'm just powerless. Nobody's there to help me. Nobody gives me money. That's why I'm not making my business. The Bible says you have a heavenly account. He said when you tithe, you are sowing and it is being stored for you where moth cannot eat, where it cannot be destroyed. And you can make heavenly withdrawals. If you are in America and you travel to, to Ghana, can you withdraw money from your account here? Yeah, you can, can. Can somebody say it to you? You can. You can. You can ask for money to be sent. You can use check. You can even most of these credit cards operate in all these countries now. You can. Praise God. So if even if you have an account in heaven on your head, can you withdraw your from your account? You can. If you know how to. Some people don't know how to. So your heavenly account is not supposed to wait for you until you get to heaven. I would say, oh, you store it when you get to When you get to heaven, what will you need? Everybody in heaven is, the, gold, the ground is gold. So the money you have been storing, what are you going to use it for? What are you going to buy? I said, what are you going to buy in heaven? This is where you need the manifestation of the world. This is, nobody's going to be surprised in, in heaven. Hey, he's manifesting as sons of God. Everybody's seeing their sons of God. This is where that the manifestation is glorious. This is where light is needed because the world is in darkness. That's where they want to see the sons of God. So you can't wait until you get to heaven before you release your new car. <laughs> Why did you bring this junk from that high? <laughs> who, who let it pass through? <laughs> <laughs> this is the time and listen I know some people say pastor I have been struggling I want to release that car I've been hearing this prophetic message I don't know why my is not changing that is why you say why why what did I say <laughs> that is why the why is why we are saying what you are saying you say what some people don't get it <laughs> You say, but I, I, I don't understand. I've been struggling. And that is why. So, okay, what should I do? What should I say? I should not say I'm struggling when I'm struggling. That is. <laughs> Listen, it's not just changing your mouth, it's changing your heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Some people, they have tried to change their confession, but their heart has not been changed. So when the pressure gets mounted up, what happens? What is hidden in their heart begins to come out. Now, you can use your tongue to change your heart because your heart can hear what you are saying. And if you keep saying it, you can keep hearing it and it eventually sinks. But until it is changed in your heart and corresponds with what you are saying, power is not released. Because you are dealing with two worlds. You are trying to get it from the spiritual 
to the physical. The heart is in the spiritual. The mouth brings it to the physical. But if you are trying to say it and it's not in the spiritual, nothing is going to come out. But if it's in the spiritual, the way it becomes manifested in the physical is through your words. The Bible says with the heart man believes unto righteousness. You get connected with God and then the source is established. He said, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, which means manifestation or demonstration. So you have to believe it in your heart and then confess it with your mouth because if you believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth, the Bible says you will have whatsoever you say. That's the law of faith. So what do you do? You have to begin to believe it. Take the word of God and sow the seed for healing in your heart. You find yourself every time sick. When I was growing up, I, I, was, I, I, I was sickly. I said that many times. When I began to become an adult, when I just got saved, I, got, I was very vulnerable to sickness and disease. Praise God. Many times I was have malaria every year. I had a dose of it. Like most people I knew. Praise God. You should have had a special medication that, was, that I trusted. <laughs> I knew what to do when the malaria symptoms come. I, was, I became born again. Still regular dosage. I mean, I was a customer of this particular medication. Until I began to study the word of God. I discovered he by himself bore all of my sickness, all of my disease. If I be the son of God, I should not be subject to malaria or any kind of sickness or disease. So I began to confess the word. There are times where symptoms try to come on my body. Say, by his stripes I'm healed. I believe I'm healed. I am healed. Thank you, Lord. I receive my healing. And then my body began to change. I mentioned this one of the most terrible challenges I had was in my final year in school, my exam. Never gone to any sick bay while I was on campus because I started releasing my faith. Never was sick, but on my final year, final year exams, suddenly malaria seemed to just jump on me. Couldn't get up, couldn't read. In short, the only thing I could remember, he that calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I allow my bed and say, Jesus. Jesus. Our tongue. Jesus. Every tongue was painful. They would say, You are going to fail your exams. You can't do it. You can't read. In short, on the day the exam started, I said, I can't do this exam. I've never I've not read. I said, okay, let me go tell the lecturer. I don't think I can take the exam. I was confessing on my way. Thank you, Lord. I believe I'm healed. I said, if I go there, he sees the way I am, maybe he will let me. Maybe either retake it. You know, they used to have what they call receipt. I didn't want to do that on my final exam, but it was a struggle. I couldn't read. I was speaking in tongues all through the night. I just managed to walk there. And as I got there, the lecturer didn't come on time. I mean, that was not strange in some places in Africa. So everybody was seated waiting for the lecturer to come. As soon as he came, 10 minutes or 15 minutes later, he was in a hurry. He gave everybody a seat. I was trying to talk to him. He says, sit down, sit down, sit down. Just give me a question paper. <laughs> I'm telling you my first exam. And then he was out with the question paper. And I had a pen. So I started to write. And I passed. Somebody said hallelujah. And as soon as I finished writing, maybe it was the faith I used. Sweat broke out. And that was the end of malaria. 
I wrote the rest of my exams, made a good grade. Someone say hallelujah. And I'm saying that sometimes you may have to fight this. It doesn't mean that it just happens automatically. Sometimes you may have to struggle with lack for a while. You are declaring, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm the son of God. And then bills start piling up, praise God. Coming from the north, south, east and west. The devil is trying to stop your confession. Do you believe what the Bible says or you believe what Pepco says? Pepco says you can't pay your bill. But you have to find the fight of faith. If you spend more time looking at the Pepco bill than you find looking at Psalm 23, you get discouraged. So you look at the Pepco bill, you write the number down. Then you quickly go to the scripture and begin to study the word of God. You don't talk much about the bill, but you talk about the word. Then you begin to sing and begin to dance. You say, why are you dancing about? Nothing has changed. Yeah, but you can tell in the spirit realm that power is being released. You begin to focus on the truth. And the truth will begin to change you. You are already made the son, but you have to become manifested as the son. And it takes faith in God's word to have this manifestation. Somebody say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Bible says in Psalm 82, let's finish that chapter and then we will begin to round up. The Bible says, verse 5, they know not, neither do they understand. They walk on in darkness, like the rest of the world, like it says, they are in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of cause. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are the children of the Most High. He said, but ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth. For thou shalt inherit all nations. When God says, Arise, O God, who do you think he's talking about? Talking to us. He says, You judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. Who inherits all nations? We do. We inherit all nations. So, one, we are sons of God. If we are sons of God, it means we are gods. It also means that we have the Spirit of God inside of us. Somebody say, Hallelujah. You want to write that down? I won't have enough time to talk about those. The Bible says, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you, he said, that same spirit will give away to your mortal bodies. So when we say we have the spirit of God, let's look at it, Romans chapter number 8. If you're a son of God, you have the spirit of God. So you are not just an ordinary man. The spirit of God lives inside of you. Amen. Amen. Let's start from verse. Whew. Let's, let's just read verse 11 for time. He said, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. Amen. So once you are born again, the spirit of God dwells in you. Let's look at it in Galatians, the same, the same expression in Galatians, chapter number four. Hallelujah. The Bible says, because we are sons, he has given us his spirit into our hearts. We we have the spirit of God living inside of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you there? Galatians chapter number 4, verse 6. It says, and because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of of his son into our hearts, 
crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. So we have the Spirit of God. Amen. I said we have the Spirit of God. Amen. So we have to manifest that ability of God. What does it mean to have the Spirit of God? It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, like I said, we won't have time to, to study that today, but uh, one of the things that happened in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit could not even enter inside and reside. He comes upon people at different times. And anyone who had the Spirit of God upon him was anointed to do great things. They are a king, a prophet, you know, or a priest. And the Bible says in the New Testament, we don't just have the Spirit of God with us or on us. We have the Spirit of God coming to live inside of us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says that no man knows what is in a man except the spirit that dwelleth in him. He says, so also we have not received the spirit of the, this world, but the spirit which is of God, that we may know the things which are freely given of, of, of us of God. If I say, for the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. That means God cannot hide anything from you. If the Spirit of God lives inside of you, and that same Spirit is the Spirit inside of God, He said the Spirit searches all things, even the, not just the things of God, even the deep things of God. If, if God gives you His Spirit, it means that He has given you everything He has and everything He knows. When the Bible says he has blessed us with all the blessings, there is nothing else. He has given us his spirit. Now we know all things. All things. That's what he says in 1 John chapter 1, 27. He said the anointing teaches you all things. You cannot be a dumb-dumb when you have the Holy Ghost. There is no subject you can't understand. How many of you know the, 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 the Holy Ghost can fly a fighter airplane? Does he know how it works? So if you have the Holy Ghost and you are seated and the, and, and the, air, the pilot passes out, can you fly it? You see what I'm talking about, manifestation? They say, I have the Holy Ghost, I have the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is filling the Holy Spirit. So okay, fly the fighter plane. Fly. Huh? Huh? So where is the Holy Ghost then? Is he just to talk in church and talk in tongues? You are at work and, and people don't know what's going on. They don't understand how the solution and you have the Holy Spirit. You're supposed to be the solution. If Obuke tells us about the wife, how, how a missing fire was missing in their place of work in the bank, and, and it was causing a whole problem for the whole bank, she, she said, don't worry. She just prayed in tongues, mask, he brought in lay mamas, walked to a particular shift, went, went, went to a particular room, a particular shift, brought draw a particular drawer, counted one, two, three, four, and brought the fire they've been looking for. She said, how did you know? Did you hide it there? No. The Holy Spirit understands all things. Can show you where things are hidden. Many times in my house now, a key is missing. We just, after looking a few minutes, say, wait a minute, Holy Spirit, you know where the key is. Show us where the key is. Oh, yeah, it's here. Thank you, Holy Ghost. That's the way you find things. You are sons of God. You don't throw your, your mattress away, throw your pillows away, turn your hair upside down. And you have the Holy Ghost. Who knows where the, the key is hidden? You even know things to come. When Jesus wanted to have a banquet, he didn't know where to use. He said, just keep going. You see a woman. How did he know the woman will be carrying the uh, man carrying a, a picture at the same time they are entering the city? 
word of wisdom. By the spirit of God. He said, follow the man. The house he enters, tell the owner of the house, the Lord has need of that place. And you will see a place already prepared. Mashakata. Toiling is ended. I said toiling is over. The Holy Ghost knows who to communicate with, who knows the direction to where you are going. He knows the place already prepared for you. But you have to key in the spirit. So speaking in tongues is not just, you say, why do I need to speak tongues? I don't need to speak. Yabba, 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 yabba. Why do I need to say all this kind of thing? Your tongues is just when, when you hope you understand what you are saying. You no wonder they are operating like bats, dumb. No can see. Because the Bible says that the spirit searches all things. When you are praying in tongues, you are, your, your natural mind is suspended, but your spirit is stirred up. You're building up yourself in your faith. Your faith becomes stronger. You can see further than the natural eyes. You can hear more than the natural ears because you are hearing with the ears of the spirit. And that's why he gives us the Holy Ghost. But too many people who even speak in tongues are blinder than the ones who don't. And they wonder, what's the difference? And that's what I'm talking about. We have to become, we have to enter into the manifestation of the sons of God. We have to press. Paul said in Philippians, he said, forgetting those things which are behind, I press on to those things which are before, that I may attain to the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There is a mark, there is a place, there is a position, there is a lifestyle that God expects for sons of God. And even though you are born again, it doesn't just necessarily happen to you. You have to receive it and become sons of God. There's one last point I'm going to begin to round up with. You know, I would have liked to spend more time on this. But we may have to spend another service for that. Praise God. Let's go to First Peter. First Peter chapter number one. I'll just tell you one of the things, manifestations of the sons of God is holiness. Many Christians don't understand the importance of holiness to sonship. But it's very, very key. Let me just summarize it with this. If the, if the Holy Spirit can't stop you from lying, he can't give you money either. If he can't stop you from cheating, from stealing, from killing, if the Holy Ghost can't change you to become like him in holiness and righteousness, then he can't change you to become like him in wealth. Because your holiness is more important than your finances. And many Christians don't change in their disposition in life, but they want to change in their health and their wealth. The first thing God wants to change is your bad mouth. Now, if you can yield to him to change the way you talk, the way you talk about people, the quarreling and the complaining, and you want him to change your finances, you have a strong battle because it is from the heart where those things are seated that the manifestation of the other things come from. Faith works by love. Hallelujah. We are supposed to be changing. From one degree of glory. Not only in the car we ride. But in the way we live. If you are in church two years. You are still as stubborn as you were. When you came in two years ago. Don't expect your finances to change. 
Bible says, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even in accordance the same progress that you are changing in your soul. If you are not changed, people say, ah, that's just the way I am. I curse who I like to curse. I bless who I like to bless. I'm just like that. You take it or leave it. <laughs> well, the same testimony you have in that area is how you have on your health. You will not have to declare. That's the same way I am. I'm sick when everybody's sick. I'm well, everybody is well. Take it or leave it. Because your health is correspondent to your spiritual change. If you refuse to change in the things that pertain to life and godliness, you will not change in your finances. Not from God. I can hear a pin drop, but it's good. I'm preaching good. Thank you, Pastor. Teach us, tell us. We know what you're saying is true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah, let me quickly do this so that we can move on. Some people want to go out there, live unbelieving lives, talk unbelieving talks, and they come back and say, Oh, I'm healed. I'm blessed, Lord. Heal me. Why, why is it not working? Oh, God. See, it's not by works. Yeah, it's not by works, but it's from the Spirit. And if your spirit is not renewed, you're not changing by the Spirit. The Spirit can't have access to your thinking and your talking. It can't have access to your body and your finances. I want to read a whole chapter. Maybe we just start early. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus and Galatia and Cappadonia and Lanham and, and Bithynia and... Uh, Upper Marlboro, praise God. <laughs> Elect, actually, you see, it's not your Bible. Read it properly, you see, there. It's talking to you and to me. Amen. Elect according to the fallen of God, the Father, through the sanctification of the Spirit. One of the things the Holy Spirit does is to sanctify. The word sanctification is not a big religious word, it means to separate from everything wrong. So that you can become all that God wants you to be. I've been talking about becoming sons. Another word for it is sanctification. It separates you from the sin, from the poverty, from the sickness, so that you can become a vessel that is glorious to God. It's sanctification. Elect according to the fallen of God, the Father, true sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Let's continue. Move faster for time. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundance mercy had begotten us. We're talking about being born again. Again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. To an inheritance. Somebody say Hallelujah incorruptible, undefined, and that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you. We already addressed this, that even though it's reserved in heaven, doesn't mean that you have to get to heaven before you get it. Amen. Five. Who are kept by the power of God, true faith, unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Somebody said salvation. I thought we already said. 
The Bible says there is a salvation now when you believe and there is a salvation that is ready to be revealed. The word salvation there does not just mean born again. It means deliverance from sickness, disease, poverty and oppression. So when you are born again, you are saved by God and that salvation is salvation for eternal life. But there is a fullness of the salvation and your salvation is not complete until your body is redeemed. It's salvation, spirit, soul, and body. That's why the Bible says, when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. So there is a receiving it in the spirit and there, there is a manifestation of that receiving when the Bible says you have it. So there is a salvation now, but there should be a manifestation of that salvation when you are rich, you are healthy, and you are walking in the spirit. Somebody say, hallelujah, the fruit of the spirit, the joy of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Verse 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice. Even though, though now for a season, if need be, which means not everybody needs to go through this, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. So you are rejoicing even if you are tempted or not. Somebody say hallelujah. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than, than of gold that perisheth, it being tried with fire might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing or the, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So here the Bible is saying that when you are going through trials, you should realize that it's your faith that is being tried. I don't understand why this trial, why is all this, why is the enemy coming against me? He's trying to see whether you believe what you said you believe. Amen. But if you stand the trial, the Bible says that at the end you receive a crown of glory. So you are not supposed to buckle or fall during trial. You are supposed to overcome. Trials don't come from God. He said, let no man who is tempted say he's tempted from God. He said, but we are tempted when we are drawn from our own lust and enticed. And if you don't stop it, he says, when lust is finished, he gives birth to sin. When sin is finished, he gives birth to death. So the, the temptation is to kill you. God didn't send it. God expects you to overcome the temptation. And instead of it resulting to death, it results to a testimony, a life, a crown of glory. And that happens for those who overcome temptations, not those who fail during temptation. Let's continue. That the trial of your faith, seven, be more precious than go. Your faith is more precious than your money. Somebody say, hallelujah! More precious than your bank account. Because it's your faith that brings the bank account. So, if anything is trying to steal your faith or your money, make sure you hold on to your faith first. Somebody say, Hallelujah! And so how does that happen? You know there are some circumstances where you are faced with a case where you compromise your faith and you get more money. So which one should you do? You hold on to your faith. Your faith is more important than the money. You cannot compromise your faith to get money. Some people have heard, some people steal money and give big tithes in church. And they rejoice, I'm a big tither. You are better off not having money to give if you are going to give stolen money. Somebody say hallelujah. You are better having one dollar and dance with it than bring a hundred that you stole. All right, he that has an ear. Let's continue. Some people are looking at me like I slapped them with a wet rag. But I'm continuing to preach. Verse 8. Whom have we not seen Ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, ye believe, yet believing, ye rejoice 
with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So why do people rejoice? Because they believe. I say, why do people rejoice? Why are people sad? Because they don't believe. Why do people rejoice? Now, is it because they are seeing the change? He said, even though you don't see him now, you don't see the end result, you have not seen the manifestation, but what? Believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full. The Bible calls it the sacrifice of praise. Verse 9. So, if you start rejoicing when you don't, you don't see it because you believe, what is happening? Verse 9 tells us, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. So, your rejoicing is what causes you to see the result of your faith. 10. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did this signify, when it testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glory that should follow. 12. Unto whom it, also, it was also revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us did they minister the things which are now reported unto you by them and have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost, sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look unto. We can't talk about that. The angels are looking, they are excited to see that we in this dispensation, we are after the coming of Christ. The, the people in the Old Testament, they are wondering how is it going, they were wondering how is it going to be when Jesus Christ comes. What kind of human beings are those going to be? After Christ has died for sin, Satan defeated, these people are going to be sons of God. I wonder if they will be disappointed if they see sons today. Let's continue. Verse 13. Wherefore, get off the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We keep saying this word, revelation of Jesus Christ, as you come to know Christ. 14. As obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. 17. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons, judged according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear, which is reverence. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and of gold, from your vain conversation. That word conversation is lifestyle. I repeat verse 18 again. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your empty life that was received by traditions from your fathers. Now this is a key verse as I'm rounding up. Listen, he says that the life we received by tradition is vain. The life that everybody says that this is how it's normally done. He said it's a vain kind, empty kind of life. He said, but now you have been re redeemed by something more precious than silver and gold. Verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in this last days for you. Who by him do believe? In God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and your hope might be in God. Verse 22, key verse. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love, love, the love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but the incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth, and abided forever. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. 
So he's saying here you have to become holy. Even as the Father is holy. Because you have been redeemed with an incorruptible seed. What does it mean to be incorruptible? Undestructible. It, it's not, it cannot be spoiled. Once you are born again, you have been redeemed, set away from the corruptible life. You have entered an incorruptible life. And the first thing you want to become is holy. Sons of God are holy. Now, we're going to read maybe two more verses and I'll let you go. Let's go to Romans chapter number one. Wow. We are just getting to this part. Like I said, I may have to continue, but people don't understand the power of holiness. People think grace means live the way you like. Power will just come. You will just be. No, that's not what. Grace comes to help you be holy. I said grace came to help you to be holy. Grace came to help both of us, all of us to be holy. Because it is by the power that is released through holiness that we become manifested as sons of God. Romans chapter number 1 verse 1. Paul, the servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by the prophets in the Holy Scriptures. 3. Concerning his son, Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. Verse 4, key verse. And declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So Jesus was born as a son of God. But how did he become known as the son of God? He said he was declared with power through the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. So he was born and by the spirit that operated in him in holiness raised him from the dead. And that's how he became demonstrated as the sons of God. Romans chapter number 8, we'll round up. There is therefore now no condemnation, verse 1, for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. 3. For what the law could not do in it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the Lord may be fulfilling us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Verse 5. For they that after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that after the spirit the things of the spirit. To be kind Carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Is life and peace. So if the person doesn't have life and he doesn't have peace, what does that tell you? He's carnally minded. He said, I'm a son of God, but I don't know what, no peace in my house, no peace. The reason why is because they are walking in the flesh. If you are going to be manifested as sons to walk in peace and joy, what are you going to have to become? Spiritually minded. Some people want to scale the path of the renewing of the mind, of the changing of the soul, of beginning to live right, but they want to enjoy the blessings at the end. If God cannot change your mind, he can't change your body. Because the gateway to your body is through your soul. If you refuse to change the way you think, your finances cannot change. Because the way to your financial change it's the change in the way you think. So people are saying, God changed my thing. changed my boss. God changed my wife. God changed my husband. Change the nature. Change the Republican Party. Change and their own thinking. The Democratic. They, they have not changed. 
If God is going to change our city, where does it start from? You have to... I mean, I don't like uh, this guy's music that much, Michael Jackson, but he says, if you are going to make a change, look at the mirror and make that change. You are going to have to look at yourself and say, you need to change. All this quarreling and grumbling and complaining and pointing your finger, that's not causing the work to be done. You're not raining our sons that way. All this sadness and gloominess needs to change. Say amen. Try, try. <laughs> All this lying and cursing and, and wrong words it needs to change. It needs to change. God wants to change the world. But it has to start with you changing. Amen. Amen. You refuse. The Bible says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. It means don't use curse words like F words. It also means don't use curse words like P words, poverty words. <laughs> they are corrupt communication. The Bible says when people are saying there is a breaking down, there's a casting down. What should you be saying? So if you are saying there's a casting down, is that a corrupt communication? Yes. Corrupt communication. Corrupt communication. People just talk anyhow. And they're wondering, why? Why my finances is still in the same spot for three years? And your confession is in the same spot for four years? You have to change. You have to change. This is a year of change. People say, yeah, this is a year of financial change. No, you have to change. We have to change. I'm changing. I say I'm changing. I'm changing. I'm changing. Praise God. You know, it's easy to point the faults in other people's lives. Ah, that guy, oh man. I wish he would just change. But you, he's just complaining about somebody else. It's already a problem. Except you're in a position to correct or instruct. So we have to change. And many of the changes we have to change is in the way we think, not responding to the scriptures. And we think it doesn't matter. You know, when the Bible talks about sin, I, I wanted to go into that, but not today. We just mention it a little bit. Uh, sin is a major thing in scriptures, both in the Old Testament and New Testament. In short, one of the major reasons Jesus Christ came was to deal with sin. Because sin is the reason why all these things are happening. People say, ah, you have to, we have to save the planet. We have to, we have to stop emission and, and stop throwing plastics in water. And then they, they, they start using curse words. Which one is affecting the planet the more? The, the emission from the cars or the emission from the mouth? The Bible says that righteousness destroys a nation. Didn't say plastic. Oh, righteousness. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach, a destruction to any nation. The Bible says, because of all these things, commit the wrath of God on the children of disobedience. Some people are shaking with legs now because of. Do you think that is what's going to save? 
Oh, you haven't seen it. <laughs> no shake we dance anymore. And people say, oh, we don't understand. Let's let the medical, come, let the medical, you know, people bring back the vaccine. When It's not the vaccine that is the answer. What is causing sickness and disease is sin. 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 I just heard a report yesterday. I was reading, it didn't happen yesterday. I mean, I heard it yesterday. That last year, the greatest, the most uh, uh, powerful or the, 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 that caused the greatest number of deaths on the whole planet was abortion for 2019. Abortion killed more people than any kind of sickness and disease. And we are wondering why there is a global sickness. The world is sick spiritually. And all we are seeing right now is a manifestation of a spiritual condition. And the answer is not a vaccine. Because even if you have a vaccine, it will break out somewhere else. Except sin is dealt with. And if believers are sinning like the rest of the world, if the darkness is in the church, what is the solution to the rest of the world? We are going to have to live holy lives. Verse 7. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it's not subject to the Lord of God. Neither indeed can be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man hath not the spirit of God, is not of his. And if God, if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is alive because of righteousness. 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. He's giving you a comparison. If you are walking in the spirit, this is the result. If you are walking in the flesh, these are the results. 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. Who is he talking to here? Brethren. Therefore, brethren, not unbelievers, born again believers. We are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. If you are a brother and you live after the flesh, what will happen? Die. You will die. You will die. You will be subject to the impact of sin. But if you through the spirit do mortify, mortify means to put to death, to stop and deaden the deeds of the body, ye shall live. 14. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So if you want to become sons of God, you have to be led. By the spirit. The spirit of God won't lead you to lie. Won't lead you to steal. Won't lead you to cheat. Won't lead you to commit sin. And if you are not yielding to the spirit of God in morality, in living right, it's not going to be able to lead you to get money too. Right? Because the same spirit that leads you to speak the right things, that leads you how to make money. If you will not yield to him, Bible says, anyone you yield to, you become a servant to Abel. If you yield to him in the flesh and you commit sin, you become a servant of sin. 
That's it. That was the last verse. Since 12.30, I still have some time. <laughs> Go read Romans. Go read St. John chapter number 8. Let's look at that as we close. There's still so much, but like I said, we can always continue. You know what? Let's close there. We'll continue some other time. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Your eyes have been opened. We have been changed. Change me. Change us. Renew our minds with your word. We, we submit to you. You have come into your own. But we choose to receive you. We receive corrections. We receive instructions. We don't hold on to what we knew before. We don't hold on to tradition, vain lifestyle that came from tradition of men. We surrender all. We surrender all. Lord, we know you don't, we are not born again because of the works that we did. But you said that those who live unrighteous life cannot be partakers of this inheritance. You said a child, even though he be a child and he owns all things, is not different from a servant as long as he lives in the flesh. But you said those who will grow up spiritually, who will change, who become mature, these are sons. These are the ones that become partakers of the inheritance. We choose not to be children, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, following the inclinations of our flesh and of our mind. But we choose to surrender our lives. We want to become like you in every area. Not just in the clothes you wear, not just in the power to stop the storm, but in a holy life, a life of of peace and joy, life of faith, a life that is committed to the kingdom, just like you lived. You said, I don't go anywhere except I, uh, I don't see anything, I don't do anything except I see my father do. It's that spirit of holiness that caused you to become demonstrated as a son by the resurrection of the dead. For if the Lord had committed any sin, he would not have risen from the dead. But we thank you, Lord, for giving us the spirit of holiness. We know we can do this by our own self. You said, if through the spirit we put to death, we mortify the deeds of the flesh, it's by the spirit, not by our own ability. But we take the Holy Ghost, not just to get wealth and hell, but to change our lives, to change our words, to change our mindset, to renew our minds. You said our soul... Our bodies and our health and wealth will change and prosper as our soul prospers. So we don't just focus on those things that are eternal, external. We change the way we think. We change the way we talk. We begin to walk in love. We forgive those who offend us. We are quick to forgive. We are quick to give. We rejoice even when the time is hard because your word says so. We are quick to believe your word and to be a, a blessing to others because in walking in these things... It's the glory of God manifested in our other lives. We thank you. We receive your word tonight, this morning. We are not of those that you came to that did not receive. You said you came to your own and your own received you not. But as many as received you, as received the word, gave you power to become the sons of God. Thank you, Heavenly Father.